0: What's happening, everybody? Welcome to a Wednesday edition of Texans All Access from Monday, Texans Radio Studio. We are 25 hours away. Mark Vandermeer, if I've done my math correct, have I, John Harris, done my math correct That is 25 hours away, we will learn the Texans schedule for 2023? Yes, and 24, 24 hours times. from
1: now is our um, Texans schedule pregame show.
0: Yes. For lack of a better way of putting it,
1: presented by Ticketmaster, by the way. And tickets will be available... Of course, the ticket office will be open, 832-667-2390. I have that number memorized. <laughs> It'll be open tomorrow night as the schedule comes out and you want to buy tickets to your Texans games that are coming up and a lot of great matchups, nine home games, of course, one preseason home game, and a lot to choose from here, Johnny. Yeah, A lot of options, a lot of attractive home dates, a lot of attractive road dates as well, and I can't wait to see how they all line up.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be we we put our predictions on wax last night, so we'll see if any of those come to come to fruition. My my bold predictions, by the way, yeah, that I came up with for the draft. Right, I said you and I were gonna do a radio segment, but I kind of sprinkled them in at certain points.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I was looking at them after the draft. I had four of them. Okay. One one was only three quarterbacks would go. In the top 10. No, only three would go in the first round. So I got that right. That's amazing. Yeah, I got that right. Then the other one, my other bold prediction that I remember for sure was that Baltimore would sign. Oh, I'm sorry. Baltimore would announce the signing of Lamar Jackson on draft. day. Oh, and that came through. We I gave you to. credit for that on yeah. draft night. Yeah, no, you did. That you was did. Cool. That I I hit those two. Those were my bold predictions. I
1: felt pretty good about that. Wait, did you have any other bold predictions that I, did not come
0: through? I'm trying to uh, um,
1: Well, let's just say no. You were 2 for 2. I had Will good. Anderson at number 2, which I don't know, that's a technicality because yes. he ended up becoming yeah. a Texan, so Exactly. You know. you know what? That I think you Does get some credit for that. Yes, you do. I think especially it, uh, if yeah. the it, I know people are shooting down the this narrative that the Texans are pushing, which they're not pushing at all. (laughs) Yeah. And I heard Seth and Sean talking about that. They're not pushing a narrative. They're not pushing anything. Right. The narrative that the Texans, it was really a CJ Stroud trade that they were orchestrating. Right. That third pick move up. maneuver. Absolutely. It all worked out. Well, let's see if it all works out, but it all worked out for now. And I'm very excited to see Will Anderson and CJ Stroud in action. By the way, That Elite 11 video show you showed me. Oh, yeah. I went down a wormhole last night. All right. Can you just tell me, tell the listener quickly how to access this Elite 11 when they were in high school, when we were kids, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, and others that you know about in this Elite 11 kind of hard knock series at the camp. And they do a seven-on-seven tournament. And this will get you fired up for some C.J. Stroud. Never mind that
0: Buckeye footage. This is going to do it. uh, Man, Mark, I didn't even tell you about the other one. That I watched. So I, I go to YouTube now. It's funny because my daughter sort of taught me this many years ago. I kept looking at, she's on her phone. I was like, I was like, baby, what are you on your phone for? Like, what, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, I'm watching YouTube videos. Yeah. I was like, what? She's like, yeah, YouTube videos. You didn't videos. know you I, could do this? What on your I phone? realized, it's the greatest channel changer of all time because it's got everything. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. And so you just go through and you find, so somehow, on my uh, top line, had C.J. Stroud stuff, and so there was a video uh, from the Big Ten that told C.J.'s entire journey Ooh. from when he was little. I mean, and it was—I need to awesome. watch that. I haven't watched that yet. It's fantastic, Mark. I'm like, I, I'm, I'm just so—it was so good. It was, it was through the 2021 season. Leading into 2022, what do you search for to watch this? So people um, know? you know what I'll put the links up on my Twitter feed. Okay, I'll make sure they get up there at Jay Harris Football. I'll put those links up there so you can you can get to them. But one of the things I thought was really interesting because it ties the t- it ties the two together. So it went from that, and the next video that it just I don't know. I was kind of messing around on my phone, so it, right at the end, so it went from one to the next. Well, the next video was Elite Eleven. Elite Eleven is a quarterback competition that Trent Dilfer had been leading. Now he doesn't lead anymore because he's the new head coach at UAB. That's right. So they have a group of people that come together, quarterbacks, coaches, all these kind of people. Gerard Johnson, our Gerard Johnson, quarterbacks coach here. A lot of good airtime for him. Right. He was one of the quarterback coaches at the camp. Uh, Craig Nall, Jordan Palmer, uh, Gerard Johnson, run by Dilfer at that time. And they've got all these different people, and they put together a documentary series. And they would put it up on ESPN, and then it would end up on um, YouTube. So I've seen almost every year because there's one year to a Tonga and Trevor Lawrence. So I had seen this before, right? But now I'm looking at it through a different prism, of course, because yes. of CJ Stroud. So it pops up. And I remember hearing that CJ Stroud had been the MVP of Elite 11. I remembered that. So I'm like, I got to check this out. So it gets to an episode, and the episode is t- retitled – Watch Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud in the rail shot competition, which really the competition, C.J. doesn't do well. They give him one throw. They got to throw it basically a whole shot against cover two, and they assess whether they're in or out. It's a really cool competition, but C.J.'s throw is out. So I'm like, oh, man. Well, I look, the video is 20 minutes. I'm like, all right, we'll see what else is here. Well, at the end of the competition, they go into a seven-on-seven. So they bring in some of the best players from throughout the country. And they split up into four teams, and they play 7-on-7. And so on the same team, Team Savage, was C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, coached by Gerard Johnson. And so they go through this 7-on-7 double elimination tournament, and C.J. starts off as the number three guy. He's even behind a guy named Drew Pine, who ended up going to Notre Dame and ended up transferring to Arizona State. So C.J. was the last quarterback invited to Elite 11. So they don't invite just eleven. They invite like I think twenty four. He's the last guy. There's a the, at one point in one of the videos, he, CJ is shown saying to his mom, "Mom, I got the invite. I was the last one. I got the invite. I'm beautiful, going." Beautiful. So then you watch over the course of the next fifteen minutes of the show, him leading Savage all the way through to the championship and just throwing dimes. I mean, just dimes. You, right, you watched it. Yes, because I'm watching this sweating
1: it out, <laughs> watching CJ <laughs> play yeah. these seven-on-seven yeah. tournament games in this elite camp, and I'm yeah. thinking, oh, please pull this out, CJ. Yes, he did it. Yeah. And it is fun to watch. You get to know him even better. This is when he was younger. And a clip of this, of he and Bryce Young kind of messing around at that camp, made it onto another social media viral video when they were both selected. That's the one where you see how joyous Bryce is when CJ gets drafted right behind him. But to your point, he worked his way up from third Mm -hmm. on that depth chart to first, passing Bryce Young along the way and winning that championship. And never mind college football and all this. This is what counts, seven-on-seven elite camp. But look, it, it is really good. You get to know CJ. And it gets you fired up to
0: watch the Texans' this fall with C.J. possibly I, as I your wish starting quarterback. I, I wish I would have remembered it. I wish I would have remembered it because recalling that Gerard Johnson was part of that and knowing that Gerard Johnson was deciding who was going to start, who wasn't, the fact that he made C.J. the starter and then C.J. goes and wins. I mean, that wasn't the only thing. I like watching him coaching. Oh, I do, too. Uh, he's got the chops. Ah, there's no question. So you enjoy, you enjoy watching that. But he makes a couple throws that are just, Wait. What oh, now? Yeah. It's on air, but seven on sevens, and you know, for for a quarterback, it's a pretty interesting, it's a pretty interesting situation because everybody knows you're throwing it. Yeah, they know you're throwing it. Right, so there's they're dropping into areas, there's no play action, none. It's just you go you go cover somebody and the quarterback's got to find a spot. And you have a time that you've you got like three and a half seconds. you got to get the it. ball off. Yeah, yeah. That, that's key. I know there's no rush,
1: so right. there's no danger of out. injury. Right. But there is danger of, oh, I got sacked. I, I got, got whistle yeah. sacked.
0: Yeah. And there there are a lot of guys that fall into that uh, that area. So this was Haynes King at Texas A&M. This is Hudson Card. Um, there were a lot of big names there. And CJ went from being number nine, actually getting the last invite to the third vote, this, the last vote the players made, he got to number nine, and at the very end, he ends up being the MVP. It's it's really It's cool. fascinating. Really cool. It's really fascinating to watch. And then I found the video I need to show you. Last year's Elite 11, they were out in California. And so they were doing what they call their accuracy uh, competition. So they set up these, um, you know, like at the... Um, the Pro Bowl, when the quarterbacks have to do that and they got to hit those targets. Yeah. yeah. And there's Skills. the one that's got the, 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 big, the big hoop, Yeah. and you got to throw it through that. Mm-hmm. So they had those set up all over the field. And they started a quarterback on the left hash, middle of the field, right hash. So they had three different stops where they were throwing from. And they all did it, and someone did okay. And then CJ was there, and they're like, CJ, you want to do it? And he's like, yeah, you know, he rolls up. And he puts on a show. It was a clinic. He puts on a show. He hits one from got to be 45 yards. And his hoop is probably two basketball sizes. It's probably it's smaller than a hula hoop. Yeah, it's, yeah, you're right. And he throws it right through there from like 45 yards. And you hear everybody just, ooh. Yeah. And he's just like, I'm done. You know. But he had, the full video is just him dotting every one of them. Like, everyone, the only ones down deep, he hit it one time, then he missed it a couple times, and then he moved to one other spot, and he threw it right through it, and everybody just went nuts. And it was, like, one of those things where you realize, wow, he really is that accurate. Yeah. His ball placement is that superb. And And watching it there, man, if that translates like it did at Ohio State, and it translates to here— we could be talking about a really special guy. I think his style translates well,
1: especially in the offense, the Texans are going to be running. Yep. So that was some CJ Stroud stuff. Go to Johnny's Twitter feed at J Harris football for the links to watch some of that, because it we can't air that right. on the radio. It's not going to do it justice. Check out those videos when we're done here tonight. Yes. Class is not dismissed yet, folks.
0: Yeah, class is not dismissed, but we will talk about Bobby Slowick and the offense Next segment, because Drew's going to stop by for a little in the lab. Mark, today we're itching for the schedule, man. We're like, we're dying. I got to see we it. got to see it's it. It's almost
1: like the draft. I got to get it out. I, I got to get the schedule.
0: The schedule birth we need. I will say, it feels like the schedule is closer to the draft this year. Maybe I'm just imagining things, no. but I'm glad that our, uh, our buddy it's Blake Jones, I'm glad that Blake Jones and company have gotten things uh, all together. Now, what has been announced? Thus far, five international games, of which the Texans are not part of that. However, three AFC South teams Mm. got four international games. Which
1: I didn't think was going to happen. I didn't think this was going to happen. We were talking about this last night, Mm -hmm.
0: but it happened. It just didn't include the Texans. Correct. So four AFC South games, so games including AFC South teams, the Jacksonville Jaguars will play in back-to-back weeks. They will play Atlanta in what is their home game in Wembley week four. Then they will stay in London, but then go over to Tottenham Hotspur and play the Buffalo Bills in week five. Wow. Now, you got to stay over there a week, and we've talked about this a lot, Mark, the fact that if you're going to put teams over in Europe or somewhere overseas, mm-hmm. One of the keys, staying over there for an extended period of time to play a couple games at a time and then coming over to the state. Yep. That's probably far off, but this is going to be a probably a decent indicator of how that would go back-to-back weeks. So Jacksonville goes to play Atlanta. That's their home game in Wembley, then a road game against the Bills. So that's kind of an advantage for the Jaguars. I was a little peeved about that. That they don't have to go to Buffalo. I'd rather see the Jaguars go to Buffalo.
1: I agree. Having a play like in Western New York would be a way tougher assignment, yes. especially when they're acclimated because they're playing the other one first, right? right? right. They're acclimated. They're exactly. used to being over there. I know you have new exactly. players on the roster all the time, but now Trevor Lawrence, year number three in London. Mm-hmm. This is something he's going to get used to. So if they do that four team division in Europe, this is going to be one of the teams. There's yep. no question. Yeah, absolutely. If I'm a Jaguar fan, I'm thinking, oh, great, I get nine home games. Oh, automatically one goes to London. Oh, wait a minute, two? Two go to mm-hmm. London now, so I still only get seven home games as a season ticket member, I guess. Well, that you get eight
0: sh- because the the Bills game is a road game for them. Oh, that's right. So the Bills are giving up the home game. But still, your, your point about... Playing over there and being accustomed to the time, to everything, I think it's going to be a big advantage for the Jags. It should be. Massive.
1: It should be. Buffalo's really good. At least it's a really good team. Yes. And you want to knock the Jags down. Who's the first game against at Wembley? Atlanta. Yeah, that could be tougher than you think. Who knows? And again, they'll probably go over there on Thursday, like Mm -hmm. a lot of teams do now. I know it used to be different. Texans went over there on Thursday in 2019 when they went to play the Jags. Yep.
0: Uh, I think it's fun. What did we do? Practice on Friday and then Saturday. We went to Fulham and then played the game on Sunday. Yeah, practice whatever that was on Friday at the rugby facility. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: that was cool right. though. It was cool. It. We had some broadcast challenges. There was a whole other <laughs> subplot going on with the TV show and the radio show <laughs> well, on that Friday. Yeah, we will. Uh, and we got through that, but there was a. We could do a whole hard knocks on that broadcast. Hard knocks. How are they was... going to get the show back from England with barely any Wi-Fi? They're going to go to a subway station <laughs> cafe that's closing. <laughs> We were, Oh, my god! They don't have microphones for the audio for TV. How are they going to do this? On my the phone. The stress
0: level <laughs> is just unbelievable. Uh, it was just unbelievable. Um, so then you've got the Tennessee Titans going over to Tottenham the following week. So you're going Jags-Wembley, Jags-Tottenham. Titans go over the next week, week six at Tottenham. They will play the Baltimore Ravens. I kind of like this. Over in Tottenham. And Tennessee will be the home team. So Tennessee yeah. loses a home game. I'd, I'd rather like have
1: Tennessee play their home game in London against Lamar Jackson. Yes. That's nice. Yes.
0: I like that. Uh and then fast forward to week nine. This is the only international game that does not feature an AFC South team. This will take place in Frankfurt. I am. There's a part of me shocked that this game is going over to Frankfurt. The Miami Dolphins. Versus the Kansas City Chiefs. That's a huge game. It's a huge game.
1: And whose home game is it? Kansas City's. Wow. That's a Kansas City home game. They gave up an Arrowhead game. Against Miami. All that revenue. Miami. Uh, And Miami's tough. Tyreek Hill will
0: not go back to Arrowhead. Ooh. That was going to be
1: fun to watch. But you know what? This will be fun to watch anyway. Except it'll be on at 9 in the morning Mm -hmm. and we'll be working. We won't see it. But that's okay. I'd rather do a Texans game. Still, for the fans, a little early. Mm Mm-hmm it kind of customizes you, is that a word, to what it would be like to being a fan in Hawaii. Because in yeah. Hawaii, when you wake up, they're kicking the ball, right? With the yep. time difference there. Pretty much, So yeah. that's what it is when a team plays in London. Mm-hmm. You wake up, they're kicking the ball. Yep. I was thinking about that when we were playing the Jags in 19. Oh, it's morning back home. That's mm-hmm. weird. Yeah, very you know? strange. And We were definitely not adjusted to the time, but <laughs> hey, you're just going with it.
0: You're like, it's sometime in the afternoon. I don't know what it is. And then week 10. November twelfth, the last international game does feature another AFC South team by process of elimination. If it's not the Texans, you know it's the Indianapolis Colts taking on the New England Patriots in Frankfurt. Who's home game? Patriots. Mm. So home games: Jaguars, Bills, Titans, Chiefs, Patriots. All right, so I'll give up a home game, which is not surprising because the AFC's got five. Uh, the AFC has the nine home games. So each one of those teams will have eight and eight back in the States. It used to be that certain
1: teams, certain franchises just would not have to give up a home game. Correct. Right. And some obvious ones were giving up home games. This is back in the 16 game schedule days. Now it's 17 games. It's on. The Patriots make a ton of money at home. So do the Kansas City Chiefs. So the fact that these two franchises are giving up home games, that says a lot about what the 17-game schedule means. And if you're wondering, well, why isn't anybody playing in Mexico? Estadio Azteca is being renovated and needs to because the 2026 World Cup is coming. And that's going to take place here and there and other places. But they need that stadium redone badly Mm -hmm. so they're redoing it right now and when they're done I'm not sure when that is going to be you can bet that there will be NFL games back there and the Texans will probably be a part of it at some point
0: yeah there's no doubt so those are your five international games yeah then you've got Black Friday Christmas Day and New Year's Eve All right. so give me Black Friday the aforementioned Miami Dolphins are going to new jersey to take on the jets so dolphins and jets black friday eh, you know what it's a
1: friday game on a day where you're on not Amazon? accustomed to nfl yeah. football after having the thanksgiving triple header they didn't announce that today i guess i did not see that no yeah so thanksgiving i would assume they'd still have the triple header mm-hmm. still have that night game yeah 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 you know that oh my they're gosh. not that can't go away wow. so you get the triple header then a friday game and then you have your sunday slate and a monday nighter that's a big weekend and all the college football stuff that's going on that week as well the college football people don't like this black friday game but oh no
0: not at all because they're absolutely you're absolutely correct and that friday was a great day for them great
1: day for college football and the thing is this with the amazon clunkiness going back and forth between the app and other channels as you want to channel surf which a lot of casual fans want to do including me even if there's an NFL game mm-hmm. on, I'm going back and forth between college and the NFL, right? Right. Very often. Often. So you're not going to be able to do that as easily with the Amazon app and the that, way you have to read. You're right. That's it. the
0: one thing that's pretty frustrating about the Amazon app is going, doing that. Yep. You need split screen or dual, dual screens on something You need something PIP. Like you need it to yeah. stay,
1: like on your phone, when it, little YouTube
0: videos running in well, the corner and you're able YouTube, to scroll. YouTube messed around with the NCAA tournament. The, the quad box... Yeah, whatever they call that, mm-hmm. the the split screen getting multi-picture and but they would choose the games for you. You couldn't pick and it just had to be NCAA tournament games. They so would choose. So yeah, they but, would choose but there's like,
1: only four on at a time.
0: Right, but there would be t- there would be times where they would say, "Okay, you can watch these two at a time, you can watch these two, oh, you can watch see, these yeah. three, And then you would see sometimes four of them, but that didn't happen all that often. So they would pick the games, but they dipped their toe in the water to see what it was all about. I loved it. I yeah, hope they, I hope they yeah, do something like that, but they allow you to pick and choose which games and what you want to you watch. Know who's
1: been way ahead of the curve on all this for years, way ahead of everybody. And you wouldn't think it's the last sport you would think about—the Masters, golf. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Way yeah. ahead of the yeah, curve. Right. I mean, I want to say 15 years ago, you could stream Amen Corner only yep. on a Friday morning. Exactly. It was ridiculous. Yep. The high tech effort that went into showcasing that tournament, and yet they're still not starting coverage. On Saturday and Sunday until right, 3 p.m. Eastern, right. exactly. which is nuts. You can get it online, but it's a better desktop experience than it is on your phone. And at home, sometimes we don't have great desktop setups. At yep. least I just have a you know laptop deal. Dolphins Jets
0: Black Friday game.
1: All right, Aaron Rodgers, Tua maybe yep. Black Dude, Friday. Maybe. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. I like it. He's like gonna have it. a lot of games. I don't hate it. Yeah,
0: yeah. December 25th, Christmas Day afternoon game. Okay. 325 local, 425 in Philly. They get a visit from the Giants. So Christmas Day, that's a Monday. I mean, nothing like putting two teams that absolutely despise one another... On a day which love is supposed to be the overriding it's the Christmas thought. spirit. Johnny. Yeah, the Christmas spirit. And you
1: know who hates this? The NBA. They oh, they desperately yes. can you please? Yes. They can't wait till Christmas falls on a Tuesday again, so they can mm-hmm. own Christmas Day again. But when we swing through the weekend, you know, every yeah. few years with that Christmas Day falling on a Saturday, Sunday, Monday, mm-hmm. you know, the NFL is going to be heard from. Yep. They will not be ignored, Dan, and they. <laughs> and they w- will dominate coverage and viewership.
0: I would say that's a dated reference, but Paramount is starting a series of Fatal Attraction. What? Yes. They are. Yes. A I saw series? Pop up the other night. I'm like, a series? How many Boiling the Rabbits boor- can you have? The spoiler alert. You can see the open. Yeah. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Oh, man. Can you imagine Peter be all over that? Uh, they were all over that in 1987. I saw, I it was. saw
1: a little meme on... Um, was it Valentine's Day? Uh, no, it was Easter. It was I Easter. Ignored, Dan. No, it was Easter. It was Glenn Close and Michael Douglas, older. So it was probably taken about 10 years ago. Yeah. And they're both kind of like, not totally cozying up to each other, but very close, yeah, yeah. and they're both caressing a rabbit. <laughs> and oh. It was really good. It said, it said, Happy Easter. I thought that was pretty good.
0: Oh, man. All right. We have uh, given you the international games. That's it. Plus... Black Friday Dolphins Jets plus Christmas Day Giants at Eagles, December thirty first, which is New Year's, uh, Eve. New Year's Eve. Is that a sun- that's a Sunday? It's a Sunday. Yeah, this has been announced. What's been announced? Bengals at Chiefs. Ooh, oh boy, that's on. That's oh good. boy, that's good. Not only that, the Bengals released a video today, which is absolutely fantastic. If you remember back. When the Bengals won, they won at Buffalo, and they were going to Kansas City. And you remember what they were calling Arrowhead? Uh, They were calling it Burrowhead. Yeah, Remember that? Yeah. And the Cincinnati mayor made a comment about the Bengals going and winning leading up into that week at Burrowhead. He made a big deal out of it. So their schedule release video for, this is, I think, week 17, had Orlando Brown, who was with the Chiefs, now with the Bengals, had him videoing the mayor announcing that game. And the mayor says, Bengals at Chiefs. And that's all I have to say about that. And he looks up at Orlando Brown and he goes, is that good? And Orlando Brown's like, that's much better. It's incredible. <laughs> I mean, it's, so, it's so funny. That's I mean, awesome. it's just tongue-in-cheek and it's great. So five international games announced. Jags-Falcons, Jags-Bills, Titans-Ravens dolphins chiefs in germany and then the colts patriots in germany black friday dolphins jets christmas day giants eagles and then new year's eve bengals at chiefs tomorrow night is when it happens for us that's when we find out what the texas schedule will be in 2023 but next we're going to talk about bobby Sloak. we talk about cj stroud how does he fit what does case keenum think about this bobby sloak offense we go into lab with drew doherty next on texans all access Welcome back Wednesday edition of Texas All-Access. I'm your host, John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter. Glad to be with you. We're going to get the in-lab in just a bit, but a little bit of news as it pertains to the Texans. Shaq Mason, according to sources throughout the league, getting a deal. Three years. <laughs> I've seen some tweets. I've seen some tweets today that been pretty funny about Nick giving somebody a three-year deal. But Shaq Mason getting a three-year deal, $36 million, $22 million guaranteed, makes him one of the highest-paid guards in the league. And I think that's worth it because that guy can play. Uh, I think he's going to be a big, big factor for this offense. So that news, sources say Shaq Mason about to get extended with the Texans. I think that's awesome. Awesome news. Speaking of offense, Drew Dory and I decided for in the lab, man, what do we, what do we talk about here? And we just started thinking about what has been said lately from Case Keenum with Mark and I, Listen to CJ Stroud talk about this offense, Dario Gumbawale met with Drew at the Golf Classic, which we had for you on Monday. All, kind of, all three guys in some sense, eyes kind of lit up when they started talking about Bobby and this offense. So we decided let's dive in and talk about that right here on in the lab
2: the Bobby Slowick offense and what we might expect because you and I over the course of the last month really the course of the last week and a half we've heard from some folks and it's a real wide range of folks yeah who are pumped about this offense and it's mainly 3 in particular that we're going to reference but Bobby Slowick is the offensive coordinator has a very interesting background John and One of the guys that we've talked to most recently who was excited about it is Daria Goombawale. And you might say, what? Well, Dari was in a season that was really bleak. There's been three bleak seasons in a row now for the Texans. He was kind of a bright spot. Excellent on special teams, which he knew going in he would be. But when he got a chance to run the ball and catch the ball out of the backfield last year, which started around midseason, he kind of did some nice things with the ball. And um, he's a good veteran presence, good locker room guy. But I talked with him yesterday at the Texans Charity Golf Classic and had a fun time with him. And when I mentioned the Bobby Sloak offense and how excited are you or what do you think of it? He really perked up and he said, puts us in position to make plays and get things going. What Here, if you want to hear from what he said, this is exactly what he said when I asked him about it.
0: I'm excited, man. They they came and energized the room right away. You know, they they great vibes coming into the uh, to the team meeting room. And and like you said with well, Coach Slow, I mean his offense is is beautiful. So it's a lot of opportunity for guys to make plays, a lot of opportunity for guys to be put in different situations to make plays. So we're all excited, man. Like I said, just champion the, the role of uh of learning the offense. You know, that's kind of the focus right now, learning the playbook, learning the concepts so we can all speak the same language. So when we get out there in campus, it's, it's seamless.
2: Okay, that's an intriguing answer, John. What do you think when you heard that and how that
0: meshed with what you think Bobby Sloak is going to do with this offense? Well, if you think about it from a running back perspective, the one thing San Francisco up until last year when they got Christian McCaffrey, they've had guys at running back that a lot of people like, wait, I should pick up Rohim Mostert on fantasy. Like why <laughs> Jeff Wilson? No, some people knew Jeff because he was uh, he went to UNT. North Texas, but mean green, you know, Elijah Mitchell. That's a guy that Miko Rides has talked a lot about in, in reference to how you work with a head coach and a GM and how they work together. He's used a story about Elijah Mitchell. And I, I was a big fan of Elijah Mitchell. So they got him in the sixth round uh, two years ago, two years ago, I think it was. And he's been he's been a stud for them. But I think the excitement comes in how many different ways can you run the football? How many different weapons can you use running the football now part, you know, part of the San Francisco was not every guy could stay healthy but when you run the ball um, as successfully as they do and you're ahead in games you're going to have more carries than other teams you're going to have more carries to spread out you're going to obviously guys are going to get banged up maybe a little bit more and of course in a 17-game season you're going to have your running backs banged up look last year David Pierce goes down against Dallas and he can't you know he can't play for the rest of the year. Rex Burkhead gets banged up at certain points. I know you're talking about a different group of running backs, but yeah. If I'm Dari, I'm sitting there looking at it, going, "Okay, this is it's a pretty unique run game. There's a lot of different elements in it that I think, boy, I could I when I get my opportunity. It's not if you get the opportunity; it's when you get the opportunity. Especially in this offense, like you're gonna in this league now. It i over the years, you've just seen changes, and you just kind of accept the fact that. Okay, yeah, Devin Singletary was brought here, and this has kind of been my my phrase lately. Just when you think you have enough, you need a little bit more. But just when you th- when you know you don't have enough, you're in a lot of trouble. Yeah, and I feel like at running back you brought in Devin Singletary, and a lot of fans are like, ah, it's enough, we're good. But never ever you need ever. more, and not at the a running guy back like, spot. No. You have a guy like Daria Gumbuale, who you know is going to be great on special teams, but he showed you last year, given the opportunity, to run the rock a little bit, he could do some things. Um, and that's the kind of guy that you absolutely have to have um as your presumed number three back that can step into the number two role if somebody's banked up, that can play on special teams, that can be a threat out of the backfield, and then thrive in the offense that he is then placed in. And I think Dari is the kind of guy I've been around a little bit, seen some things. And gosh, he's going into year six seven you're eight now he the, the he was a 2017
2: undrafted. 18, 19, he sorry, came to the gone. green with us as a rookie Undrafted. So eight, this is eight yeah. year
0: no seventh year sorry um i mean that's it, it says so much for him that he is still that productive but i think what excites running backs in particular is when you look at the run game and how how they have accomplished so much in the run game with san francisco it's it's unique. It's it's a little different than what other teams are doing. It's not just well zone this, zone that. It's not just power game. It's not just gap scheme. It's not. You'll it's, see pitches to the running back, and the running back runs inside. Yeah, you in see between some, the tackles, different wrinkles yeah. that I often wonder why coaches haven't been more inventive in some sense. Um, I remember in the uh, there was a game against Dallas. I think it was the playoff game was the first time I had seen this. And all of a sudden, Trent Williams goes in motion. Yep. Left tackle, Trent Williams. He goes in motion, and he's leading the running back on a play to the right. Now, he's normally the left tackle. He's going in motion to the right and lead blocking to the right. Like, what is this? What is going on? And then, I I mean, I'm going back, and I'm watching it. You know how I am. I just watch it, like, 15, 20 times, just keep running it back, running it back. Like, what am I looking at here? Somebody was offside
2: on that play, but they got it. And they had, it got pulled back. Remember that? Is that the one yeah, I'm thinking of? And I think so. it got pulled back because I think of the penalty. So. and then, yeah,
0: but it was like the announcers kept talking about like, well, we've never seen anything like yeah. that. I mean, that's what this running game is. It's, you know, there are elements of, we've not seen that before, but you look at it and go, yeah, I think there's some common sense to it. Um, but there's also some inventiveness to it. And I think that's really for a running back. That's, I mean, that's music to their ears in some sense.
2: Yeah. You know, it kind of reminded me of a 2007 Colorado at Texas Tech game, 11 a.m. Red Raiders in those days did not play well at 11 a.m. <laughs> there was a yeah. Fox on the field at 8 a.m. in the pregame. But uh, I remember Leach, he ran this. He ran <laughs> a this, legit Fox. Oh, yeah. And oh, it was wow. a common thing. It would, it would run around the stadium every time the, the Red Raiders had an 11 a.m. game back in those days. But Leach lined up, you know, that air raid offense, They had the big splits, Quarterback was in the shotgun. Graham mm-hmm. Harrell was in the shotgun. He had a running back, I think, to his left, and behind the right guard, about two yards back, he lined up another guard. I guess as a fullback, but he yeah. was a yeah, big, yeah. big guy. Yeah, and I can't remember why he didn't do that more often. But he, I think, he what the the rationale was. he's a guy who knows how to block and. <laughs> You're going to run it. So yeah. why not have a guy who's good at blocking? Right. You know, and yeah, they got the first down. But he didn't. Yeah, it was something I like, mean, why don't they do that more? You know, it was kind of like when you lined up the fridge, but you put him off to the, it was offset and gave him a running start. Yeah, and- I,
0: you know, I, I think I'm going to answer a question because I think, and th- this is going to be an interesting, it's going to be an interesting dynamic for Bobby Slowick's offense this year because Kyle Shanahan, because he's got pelts up on the wall, if he tries something inventive, he tries something a little bit different. I think there's this, well, it's Kyle. If it doesn't work, it's like, well, it's Kyle. He's trying something. Yeah. You know, it's been successful. You know, Bobby Sloat tries something this year and it doesn't work. Oh, he's trying to beat Kyle Shanahan. They know they can't do right. that. And so that happens to a lot of coaches. They end up, you know what? these are the things we're going to do. We're they don't just have that layer of protection. You know? Right. And I, it, it, that's, that's a great way of putting it. Kyle Shanahan has that layer of protection. Andy Reid has that layer of protection. And with that, it allows them to be even more creative. And, you know, Ben Johnson with the Lions has kind of gotten that, uh, offensive coordinator for the Lions has kind of gotten that layer of protection as well because of some of the things we've already seen. But he's already kind of been out there, you know, throwing a Panay <laughs> on key third down in a win. I think it was over the Giants or the Vikings. I can't remember which. I think it was Vikings. And it's like, what? So, yeah, sometimes you got to lay them on the table, if you know what I mean. But if you do, you do end up kind of having that layer of protection that allows you, in some sense, to be even more creative and have more people on board. And if it doesn't work, then, oh, well. I mean, remember back to to Wattcat against the Chiefs in the playoff game? Yeah. You know, that was a perfect example of there was really no layer of protection around Bill O'Brien at that point. And when it didn't work as people saw it, I, I didn't have a problem with it. It just got stuffed. Okay, it got stuffed. The problem was that Hoyer threw an interception on the next play. But you know, he didn't really have that layer of protection. People didn't really look at him as an offensive guru or genius. Um and and therefore he got he got raked over the coals for it for, for whatever reason, I don't know. But I like the way you put that. The layer I'm gonna use that from now on. The layer of protection, I think it really it really does protect, in some sense, a coach from taking a lot of scrutiny if they do something different or, you know, something that is a little wacky. Yeah. And it doesn't quite work. Well, you know, he's trying something. If somebody else tries it, oh, what's he doing? You know, it's a totally different mindset, the layer protection. I like that. We're going to veer back to more Bobby
2: Sloak talking about uh, what to expect and what we might see. But we've heard from two quarterbacks on the Texans roster now. C.J. Stroud and Case Keenum about their excitement yeah. over uh, the Bobby Sloak offense. You know, when I talked with C.J. Stroud moments after he'd hugged the commissioner getting drafted in Kansas City, it was a fun interview, and you can see that on YouTube. It's on uh, the the draft special that we produced and and put up. But he was talking about how He likes that quarterback room. He likes Bobby Sloak, Gerard Johnson, Shane Day, one of the big offensive assistants. And he's excited, and he thinks he's going to flourish in a Bobby Sloak system because of his accuracy. And really, if you're an accurate quarterback, you're probably going to flourish in just about any system, but especially so in this one. What did you make of him saying that, and what do you think that marriage will be like, Stroud, in this offense? And kind of to add on to it, I'd like to hear what you thought about Case and his thoughts on a Sloak offense, because you know, he's been around the block and seen just about everything now. And he's a big fan
0: of what Sloak is, is putting together here. It was interesting when I played your interview last night on Texans all access, if you missed it, HoustonTexas.com, make sure you get all the podcasts that we have there. It was so funny because I heard Dari when, when you asked him about it, I heard Dari's response. I immediately Flashback to sitting next to Case. Mm-hmm. Case was right over here. That was a fun interview by I when,
2: really, really enjoyed that interview with him because yes, he was good he talked football, but man, he is a te- he's a Texan man. Yeah, like yeah. he he knows and has yep. seen a lot. And he's here at a different <laughs> different time, and it's yes. cool to hear his perspective. But yeah, he on. he
0: certainly has. Um great interview. But I I I took out of it, I wonder if Dare's like facial response. I couldn't see Dare, obviously. I wonder if it was kind of the same that we saw from Case. He smiled. Yeah, I mean, Case was kind of like, man, yeah. And and Case has seen some things. I mean, you just go through his. It was Houston. It was there's Minnesota in there. There's Denver. There's a Washington. Air rating college, in there. man. There's air rating college. There's Buffalo. I mean, he's kind of seen everything. I asked him at some point. I said, "I'm i I'm gonna assume that you've had some pieces of this offense in your background." He's like, oh yeah, I've been around. I mean, he essentially was like, you're trying to ask me if I've been around for us? Yes and no, um, but it was kind of the same response. And I think one of the one of the things I heard a long time ago, um, and I heard this about Bill O'Brien's offense. But I think I should say Bill O'Brien's offense. I mean, that's an offense that's been around for a while. There's really been only one quarterback to run that offense effectively, and that's Tom Brady. But the point being, I heard somebody say this, try to talk themselves into it, and that was. Well, we had, we essentially had the answers to the test. We might not know what every question was, but we had the answers to the test. So if they do this, we do this. If they do this, we do that. And I always thought that was a really interesting way to look at. If I'm a quarterback and I'm seeing something that I don't know, because you're going to see, especially CJ Stroud, CJ is going to see some things this year. Uh, I'll say this. He's going to maybe see some things he's seen in the past. But things are going to happen way faster than they ever have. Mm-hmm. So he's going to have to think that much quicker. But the point being, when you see something different, you see something, wow, I didn't expect them to be in a four-man surface. I didn't expect them to drop eight today. I didn't expect them to you know, play this uh, you know, middle of the field open against that particular set. You have to adapt. What's the answer to that test question? How do you answer that? And I think quarterbacks in particular just want to know, okay, I see this. Oh, I do this. And how quickly can you adapt to that? All right, a lot to chew on there. We'll give you more next going around the NFL right here on Texas All Access. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to this final segment of a Wednesday edition of Texans All Access from Monday, Texans Radio Studio. Glad to be with you. I'm John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter. And I gave you the news last segment. Sources, and I mean, it's multiple sources um, across the league, locally, Announcing Shaq Mason, Houston Texans, will indeed get that extension. Uh, I don't think it was talked about a lot, to be honest with you. It's not something – I mean, no offense to Shaq. I, I, I love the guy. I think he's going to be fantastic for this offense. But, you know, talk often about an offensive guards extension like Laramie's? Yeah, and especially because Shaq hadn't been here. Uh, but apparently three years, 36 million Uh $22 million guaranteed, $10 million signing bonus. So, uh, yeah, Shaq Mason is, of course, a contract like that is going to put a guy in the crosshairs. If he doesn't play well, oh, what are you doing? You know, all that kind of stuff. But I thought somebody's tweet was great. It was showing <laughs> Nick Casario <laughs> giving somebody a three-year deal. Uh, <laughs> and somebody was kind of – it was, it was just funny. You got to be there. Uh, but Nick Casario and the Texans give Shaq Mason – Apparently a three-year deal. The international games, as we went over in the first segment, if you missed it, five international games. Four of them will feature teams from the AFC South, including two of those, the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're going to go over there for week four, play the Falcons at Wembley. That's their home game. Then they will go over to Tottenham the next week and play uh, the Bills. And that'll be the Bills home game Uh, you've also got the Dolphins taking on the Chiefs of Germany you got the Colts taking on the Patriots in Germany Um, and then you've got Ravens Titans uh, also at Tottenham so three in uh, London and you got two in Frankfurt there are also three other games announced as well Uh, those were Black Friday Dolphins Jets Christmas Day Giants Eagles and then New Year's Eve night I believe is going to be Chiefs and Bengals, which is going to always, always be a fantastic game. So, earlier in the show, we also talked about uh, the C.J. Stroud videos. Those are up on my Twitter, at Football. Go check those out. You are going to gain an even greater um, understanding of where C.J. Stroud has come from, uh, an even greater understanding of him, and you'll fall even more in love with C.J. Stroud. So, go check those out, and you'll see our guy, Gerard Johnson, Show up. Quarterbacks coach the Houston Texans. We're back in 2019. Uh, he was helping out Elite 11. He was also at that point doing work with the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, but now he's here with CJ Stroud full time. Very cool how life works in those situations. All right. Big thanks to Mark, to Drew, to all of you for listening. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. And as always, go Texans.